Welcome to the Encore Entrepreneur Show, where we break through the online noise, trends, and all those fleeting tactics to bring you business guidance that stands the test of time, has been proven to work, and gives you real-world results so that your entrepreneurial journey is as successful as possible. We believe in building businesses from the inside out using values and validation. Learn how to put values and validation to work in your business by joining our free workshop at EncoreEmpire.com forward slash validate. I'm Deidre Harder, a CPA and business strategist. And I'm Carmen Reed Gilkison, a whole person certified coach and business strategist. We're your guides on the side and hosts of the Encore Entrepreneur Show. Let's get started. This is the first of a three-part series where we're talking about this before that. Now, the reason we wanted to bring this up is that a lot of times we are seeing coaches, consultants, service providers with online businesses, and things are getting put into the wrong order. And we know that you don't know what you don't know. And so that's why we wanted to bring this series to you to help you recognize if you're putting things in the wrong order and what the right order is. And today we want to talk about what comes before a website. So we just did our rebrand, which if you're following along on the podcast, uh, you saw our rebrand series, um, which we talked all about that to also shine a light on what you need before you even brand in the first place or do a rebrand. And today we want to talk about what comes before a website because the women that we work with come to us when they're just starting or they're farther along in their business. We work with people who've been in business for 5, 10, 30 years. So we see a lot of different experience levels and knowledge levels when it comes to online business. But something that's very common with the people who are just starting out, and this is common, I think, for anyone, it was for me as well, is the first thing I wanted was a website, you know, and the first thing people want is a website. And uh, I know that when, when I first started, I didn't, I don't think I had one for a little while, but at some point I, I decided to have one. Deirdre, did you, did you have that same urge to have a website right away when you started online entrepreneurship? I did not have the urge for it in the very beginning. I knew that it was going to be a big challenge and it was going to take up a lot of time. And back when I started, my whole business was a side hustle and I didn't have a whole lot of time. So I knew that I was going to try to figure out how do I do this without that? Because I really wanted to just make the money first and then hire who I needed help you know, I'm, I knew I was going to need some help to do it. So mine was a little bit different in that I did not want to do it, but I was hearing, and this was 14 years ago, I was hearing everyone saying, you got to have a website. Yeah. Yeah. And you did it right. And I'm sure that a lot of that has to do with your experience as a CPA. I mean, you helped audit businesses and you saw what works and what doesn't. And so you had a lot more of the business knowledge I think that a lot of people do. And when I started, I was 
a side hustler too. But the funny thing was one of the first challenges I took was this uh, build your web a website in a week challenge. I can't remember the name of the gal who ran it, but I thought, so if you did this whole thing and she gave you all the tools to use, and if you did this and you were able to, to build the website, you could keep, well, you'd have a website by the end of it. But what I soon realized <laughs> was that there's no way you could do that unless, especially for the first time, this is a, everyone I think in there was the first time at trying to build a website. So unless you had that, the full seven days off, you could maybe have done it, but I was working, right? So I had to do it after work and before work and all that kind of stuff. So it was a little bit grueling, but it kind of got me hooked. And then, you know, and I think a lot of people get, they think that in order to have a business, you have to have a website, but that's totally opposite. In fact, you don't have a business until you make that sale, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I will say that when I, my first coaching, when I was coaching in the e-commerce space, that was when I like had super, super limited time. Then an interesting thing happened. Once I became a full-time entrepreneur, all of a sudden I had more time to work on and in my business. And I do remember I took a course and it was called, it was something about creating your platform. Like it was about like how to become known, how to establish your expertise. And a really big part of that was you had to go do your website. And of course they were selling the WordPress, you know, the whole template that you needed. And I right. bought it and, and I remember getting completely sucked in and this course, it took me like four months and I wasn't selling a thing. <laughs> I was just so busy <laughs> learning WordPress and getting this whole thing installed because it was a supposed to be a do it yourself type of thing. And and I and I was enjoying it. I mean, it was fun. I have to admit, I was having a yeah. good time doing it. But I can tell you that at the end of it, I had this really awesome website and I had all the plugins and I had my blog going and still I wasn't making any money. With it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happens. So then let's go, let's fast forward a little bit in my experience. And I realized that the website that I had created, I can't, and I, I would have to think back, but anyway, either I had created it. Oh yeah, I did have it created. And so I realized that it wasn't working or I had pivoted to a different, I think that's what it was. I pivoted to a different niche and I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I need someone who knows how to do a website because I was still stuck on that because that, I think just people get stuck on that. I mean, when you're starting out, you think that's what makes you a business owner and it's absolutely not. But what I did was I had gone to um, an event local in, in Portland, Oregon, and this gal who was one of the presenters was, she was fantastic. And I could tell she knew her stuff all about websites and web development and what to do and not do. I mean, her, her presentation was about the security of websites, but she also then sold websites, right? So I was hooked by her and I hired her and we worked together. She helped me with the whole strategy. We went into this really cool, they had this really cool office with these whiteboards like all the way around the room. And so she'd map out what the pages were, what do we want people to do, the, the whole customer journey. And we did this over the course of a few weeks, like every weekend I'd go meet with her to do this. And then I remember, <laughs> and this was back then, 
I don't know when back then was, I mean, it was probably seven years ago, maybe that website was $5,000. And I remember going through this whole strategy session. And then at one point she said, uh, so where is all the copy for the website? And I just was like a deer in the headlights. Cause I like, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I was thinking $5,000 was the website copy and all, I never thought anything of it, but essentially, you know, this episode is what comes before a website and copy comes before a website. That was my lesson. Copy comes before a website, Carmen. Don't pay for a website until you have the copy. But I didn't have the copy. I mean, I, I had to rush and try to write stuff up myself. And I had no idea how to write it to attract the right people and all of that stuff. It was all just me winging it. And I think, you know, a lot of these experiences that people have and they go through them and they feel dejected or like you failed at something or whatever, they really do help build our character. And it's, it's funny to look back now. Uh, and I think anyone who's going through it, who's made mistakes like this, just chalk it up to the entrepreneurial journey, right? It's a, it's a super important and large growth experience, if nothing else. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, it was one of the reasons I love being a coach and coaching others is we can never completely eliminate all the missteps and the detours, you know, there's some that we just have to get through, right? Like, but being a coach is we can help take out a very large percent of that because we have been there, done that. And that's why we have coaches that we hire and they help guide us because there's always someone ahead of you who's walked that path right? And they know where all the pitfalls are. You're still gonna, you know, stumble on one or two here or there. But I love the fact that now I have guidance when you and I have guidance now, and mm -hmm. we are able to guide others because that the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, it was very frustrating and disheartening. And there was so much you had to get through and get to the end and go, well, that didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was after some long, uh, huge, expensive energy, right? Like you're focused, you're thinking this is going to be it. I mean, how many times have you had that this is going to be it thought, and then it isn't it, you know, and I think everyone has that and, and, and you don't realize it because the other part with being a solopreneur, especially is it's a lonely journey because you're doing it on your own, unless you have a coach. And you know, I think you bring up a good point. We have guidance and we that's coaching is so important to have. And it is an honor to be a coach because when you are in your business on your own, you can't see the forest for the trees. I mean, you have no objectivity. You have no idea if the thing you're doing is great or not. As a service-based entrepreneur, are you feeling overwhelmed with all the to-dos? The women who hire Encore Empire have reached a breaking point in their business where they know that something needs to change, but they don't know what. Maybe you're finding yourself working nights and weekends, and that's not what you signed up for. And despite all the extra hours you're putting in, your income isn't increasing. We help you peel the layers back to uncover the root of the problem and not only correct it, but teach you how to avoid falling into the same trap in the future. We help you step into the role of CEO in your business, 
where you're working on your business, not just in it. If this sounds all too familiar, we invite you to set up a consult call at EncoreEmpire.com forward slash consult. There are ways, and we, we teach our clients how to understand and evaluate what they're doing, but when you're alone and you have no guidance, you just really don't know, right? So before, so when we talked about what comes before a website and it's the copy, well, how do you get the copy then? And back then I didn't know how you get the copy really. And, and really what it is, is you need to know your offers and your ideal client, right? Yeah. The, the copywriting, sometimes we think all we need is the skill, but the skill alone is not enough. Like you have to also know what is the material. Like you can be the best copywriter in the world, but if you don't know, if you have not validated those offers with your ideal client, meaning they've paid you, <laughs> you found them, they paid you, they're thrilled, then really the copywriting becomes something that it's being done in a vacuum. Right. Um, and when you're going to work with, whether you're doing it yourself and learning how to do it, or you're going to hire someone, a copywriter, again, it's that same experience that you have with your website, Carmen, they're going to go, okay, I'm going to write your copy. Like, okay, who's your ideal client? What are your offers? And what's your strategy here? Exactly. Yeah. And if you work with a reputable copywriter and you don't have answers to that, they will tell you to come back when you do. It's, it's not, they're not going to take you because think about it, the validation piece. That's why, you know, we built Encore Empire on values and validation. And we say it all the time. And what you said, Deidre, was it, you have to know your ideal client. You have to find them, know them, sell to them, right? The sale is the validation, but also then the fact that they're thrilled. That's also the validation. You can't making a sale. Like sometimes another thing that people do early on, or, or uh, there's a misconception that if you just create programs or digital products and sell them, you can pretty much be hands off in your business and you can, but you also, the more hands off you are, like if you just have a site where your digital products are being sold and you just see money coming in, that's fine. But how rewarding is that? Like I kind of went down that path a little bit too, where trying to sell a, pro a course, but it was hands off and people were buying it. But then I had no idea because even when you reach out by email to check in on what people are doing or, Hey, how's it going or whatever. Hardly anyone ever responds. Right. So uh, I think the point is that you want to know that the client is happy. And if you're not able to do that, then you haven't fully validated. Right. And you know, it makes sense, Carmen, that it's after, you know, before the website, you know, once again, you also need to know how, how are you going to, what's the result you're going to get for your clients? And by that, I mean, there are different ways of educating and mentoring. So if you're a coach or a consultant, you can do it through various ways. And by that, I mean, you can have a course, you can have a membership, you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can do VIP days, you can have a six month program. There are so many different ways. And I think we get stuck on what is that, you know, what is the thing I'm going to package this up in? But we, I think sometimes we forget to think about what is the best 
for our clients? Like, what is it that they need? If we truly know them and we know the result that they want to achieve and we know how we're going to help them get that result, it may or may not fit into a certain kind of business model or delivery system. Yes, that's so true. I have a story about that too. (laughs) I think Deidre and I probably have stories about everything, but when I was helping local brick and mortar business owners learn how to do social media marketing, I wanted to help them learn how to do social media marketing. They wanted to lean into social media marketing because back then that was when Amazon was just starting to get big and they were worried. Remember, everyone was worried about the local the little local guys and all that. And so it was good timing in that respect, but they did not want to stop and learn it. They just wanted someone to do it for them. And I didn't want to do it for them. So that speaks to that exactly. So I was going out there with the intention of teaching these people, like I'm going to, here I come, I'm going to come save you. You know, I'm going to teach you how to do social media marketing and everything's going to be fine. And they were like, First of all, they're super overwhelmed with social media marketing. They're small business owners, they're brick and mortar. So they are dealing with all the things, you know, they have to deal with the whole retail thing, stocking, inventory. They've got uh, employees. They've got a physical location. They did not have time to stop and learn how to do this. And so they were just overwhelmed and they they wanted someone to do it for them. And I did not want to be an agency. I didn't want to start an agency and I didn't want to have to be the one to do that work. So That's a mismatch right there. And that speaks exactly to what you were just saying. How did I learn that they didn't want to do it? It was by talking to them. So it was a great idea. It was good timing, but the method, the delivery method that I wanted to do wasn't the method that they wanted. They wanted someone to come along and do it for them. The other aspect to that was they didn't really have the money to pay a high ticket agency either. And not that I would have been high ticket, but it's like they, you know, would have been scraping the pennies to have make this work, which it just didn't work out for me. But that was that was a form of validation. It validated that that wasn't the right thing to do at that point. That's right. And that's had you done a website with all that on there? Or did you discover this before you created a website? No, yeah, I that was not I did not do a website with all that on there. No. And with them, I was really going face to face and meeting them. And I, I actually had a meetup group back then. So you know, when people find out, when they think about how do you know your ideal client, it's like you have to meet with them in person, really, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. And aren't you glad you didn't have a website and go through all that before you figure that out? Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that this is something we see too in this industry of coaching and consulting and strategists. You know, there are some really big names out there, right? Like they got started 10 years ago when this whole thing really started to take off on the internet. And now, you know, you, they're kind of all over the place. So we're going to just call them gurus for now as a, just as a, a label to know who we're talking about. But a lot of times what we're seeing is that the gurus have, they have a specialty and they're teaching what they know to you and not necessarily what you need as the entrepreneur. And so there's an an underlying assumption here that if you are purchasing their course or their program, and we're talking about things that are not one-on-one, when we do one-on-one coaching, that is always customized. That's, you know, where you're talking, you know, 
one-to-one. And so you can figure these things out. But this this problem comes in, I think, when, when there's programs and courses. And this is a lesson not just for all of us in determining, do we need this program, of course, but it is also for you to think about your clients and what they need. So we need to make sure that it's what the what you actually need and not you're not taking it just because they're fantastic. Just like you talked about that program you took on creating a website, Carmen, like you, it was great. It was a fantastic program, very effective, but it just wasn't what you needed. That's right. Yeah. And a lot of these people, and we're talking about the big name people, like, I mean, Amy Porterfield is not one of these that, that we've seen this happen with, but there are some other big name people like that on that level where we have clients coming to us and we're hearing stories where they invested in these high ticket programs. And some of them were sold that it would be a personalized coaching thing. And it was not. Now, typically they'll say there's group stuff, but you have, you get to meet with an accountability advisor or something like that. Well, that's not the same as one-on-one coaching. So, but what we're seeing that's very disturbing is, you know, in one instance, we heard a story about a gal who's, you know, halfway through this high ticket program, tens of thousands of dollars. And people are trying to help her monetize like four or five things at once. Well, Deidre and I know that trying to focus on four or five things at once in that manner is almost impossible. I mean, so to know that they're in a high ticket program and this is going on is really concerning. And then another example is someone who's brand new to online where someone's trying to start her off with a membership and she doesn't have a following or anything. And it's, it's very disheartening to hear this kind of stuff because we know that it starts on the one-on-one level, meaning that you need to know who your ideal client is and what they want before you can start building out something. So for the person who has no following and someone's trying to teach her to do a membership, that's going to be a very difficult path to go down. And it's not something that we would do. And not to say that we're always right and other people aren't. It's not that at all. It's just being business strategists, we understand what it takes to begin and to get that, you know, like like I said before, we start with values and validation. It's like you've got to start internally and not externally. And it's almost like some of these gurus are teaching the big fancy stuff. You know, even when you think of click funnels or funnels at all, like, do you need a website? Do you need a funnel? No, (laughs) you don't need anything unless you have, you're able to sell something first, right? You have to sell first. And then the money that you earn enables you to then strategically decide what your next step is and why. That's right. And how when we talk about values i think this is a really important piece that we we are helping build a foundational business strategy and what that means is that we're looking at your goals like where do you want to be three years from now five years from now and not just the money part and i think sometimes the money is important it is necessary but we also need to look at lifestyle like what do you want your life to be how many hours do you want to be working do you want to be working with a team not be working with the team like there are so many factors that we really need to hone in on and this is where values come in like what do you value most the women we work with that are in our world are all heart-centered we all want to make a major impact it's why we do what we do and that has to be factored in because there are a hundred ways to make money Mm -hmm. but 
you have to really be intentional about how you're going to go about doing it when you want to build in these other factors, like making sure that you're providing the impact, that you're getting the self-fulfillment out of it, that you really want, that you're working with the people that you want to in the way that you want to. So there's so much more to it. And I think that's where a lot of this falls short is, and when we say it's not what you actually need, they're really you, it's not always a plug and play. Like you can't just take anybody and say, you know, anybody can have a membership and everyone should. It's not necessarily true. That's right. And, you know, you and I were talking earlier, and I think that this is very true. The bigger the guru, the farther away from the clients they are. So when you purchase a, I, I will say, I keep bringing up Amy Porterfield because like I love Amy Porterfield. <laughs> and I will say when you purchase a program from Amy Porterfield, she is in there with you and it's awesome. So she's not one that we're talking about, but there are some that sell their programs, you know, and people are enticed to buy the program because they either went to an event where the guru was speaking and then that guru sold into their program, but it's not the guru that you're working with when you get there. You you realize that, oh, okay, now you're working with the team of the guru and the expertise and level of value they're able to give you varies. And that's where things don't seem to have very good alignment. And that's the part that we absolutely don't like at all. So a lot of these people are stand up people with integrity and everything. It's like, there's nothing wrong with them, but they've just gotten a little bit too far away from the client. So they aren't, they're relying on their team to do something that they used to do. And there's somewhere along the way, the checks and balances or the quality control has kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit. That's right. And there's, there's always a way to ensure that that stays it we don't want anyone to have the impression that you, you know, you can't go real big and you can't have a big team because then you're going to, you know, lose the quality of your service. It's not true because there are so many examples of companies that are very, very large and yet they maintain that cost that, customer centric focus. One I can say right off the top of my head is, is Apple products. If you've looked at Apple or studied or heard anything about their marketing, they're gigantic and yet they are still have raving fans and people just, you know, are so sold on what it is that they offer. And that is a product and we're talking about services here, but it really is about business best practices. And I spent um, decades auditing other companies. And so a big part of that was internal controls, but and not just for fraud, <laughs> that was part of it. But a lot of it really was this best practice piece to ensure that the mission and the vision were being supported by the processes and that everyone who worked in the organization understood what they were and that all those standard operating procedures and manuals and the way that we did things were all tied in and that we weren't missing any steps. And that really was what an audit was, especially with in the nonprofit world. I did quite a few in that area and they are very heart-centered, mission-oriented, and it is so important for them to ensure that they all the dollars that are being donated to them are being spent according to how they've 
set out to spend those dollars. And I think we can borrow a lot of of that idea. And we can build that into our business. In fact, that's one of the areas that we help our clients with is build, making sure that along the way, as we're validating, as we're growing, as we're scaling, that we have the right infrastructure that is going to allow us to continue to give the same result or an even better result. That's really the goal is let's give our clients a better and better result as we grow. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, if you think about it, that's how it should be, right? I mean, if you're growing and scaling and getting, if you're getting better and better and you're delivering more and more, you should hopefully be able to give a better experience to your clients. And sometimes I think people, you know, business isn't easy and people get tri tripped up here and there, even, I mean, anyone, people. It doesn't matter if you're a guru or you're just beginning, people get tripped up and that's normal. Uh, I think a lot of it is if you make a mistake, how you handle that mistake too goes in, goes a long way. But I want to get back to, you know, when we're talking about this episode is what comes before a website. And we talked about copy, the copywriting comes before the website and that you can't have the copywriting if you don't know what your offer is or who your ideal client is. And the way Deidre and I teach our clients to hone in on this, no matter how many years they've been in business, is we start with their values. So we want to start with your values. You should start with your values and look at what matters most to you in your life today tomorrow, five years from now, you know, I mean, obviously it's, it'll change. It's not going to be set in stone, but we really, we talk about the inside out approach and it's important. It's so very important to start there because that helps to eliminate some of those missteps further on in your business. Right. And one last thing too, is that when we talk about what comes before a website, we're also all of this applies to maybe you have a website, maybe you've been in business for a while. But what I see is a lot of times people feel like they need to change their website, update their website, because they're going to have new offers or they're pivoting in some way. This has happened a lot over the last couple of years because of COVID. A lot of service providers who were working in person have pivoted over into online or they're adding an online leg to their business and that they it's almost like starting from scratch right it, it's like they feel like oh this is like a whole new world it's a whole new thing and so they kind of get into that same place we all started at like starting out with the business and they think that because oh well I've been in business I've been doing this for such a long time that they don't need to go through these preliminary steps of the validation piece and it's it, again it will come usually ends up in complete overwhelm complete frustration and by doing this step every time there's a pivot a change in your offers in who you're serving and in, in how you're serving this is such a valuable framework for you to use each and every time that's right that's right. And you can learn more about values and validation by joining our pre-recorded business validation method workshop at EncoreEmpire.com forward slash validate. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Encore Entrepreneur. Can you do us a favor? It will help us if you would please subscribe to the show, leave a review and share it with your friends. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the real talk about how to be successful without compromising your values 
and we need your help to spread the word.